1: Brand new episode of I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek Podcast. It is Chief Petty Officer Anthony Lewis, along with uh, Lieutenant Commander Aurora Babaloo, our science officer. Aurora, welcome back.
2: Mm-hmm. Hello, hello.
1: And uh, the the Fleet Admiral himself, Ben Knight, back on hello. the show after a, a brief stint inside of a parasitic organism Yeah, uh, that had briefly transported you into... Uh, like the upside down i think is where mm. we went this week it, it from... was way stickier yeah, than i'd imagined <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but i'm glad you're back it seems everybody taken vacations on on the podcasts this season <laughs> but uh you know what uh we would not be starfleet officers if we were not out there exploring so
2: exactly.
1: uh kudos yeah. uh we're all back for this week's episode Uh, Discovery Season 2, Episode 5, called Saints of Imperfection. And after two weeks, kind of, of not a lot going on, a whole lot of stuff Mm -hmm. went on in this episode. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Quite a bit. Uh, We're going to try to talk about it a little bit. So, uh, this episode kind of picks up right uh, after the, uh, the last episode. So we're uncertain of Tilly's fate after she was like essentially swallowed by the cocoon organism thing May. Uh, After it swallowed her up, she disappeared. Uh, She disappeared into the mycelial network. Uh, And on top of that, uh, Discovery has found Spock's shuttle and they are chasing after that thing. Uh, It does not want to be captured, however, Pike does a little bit of uh, cowboy diplomacy, shoots a torpedo at it, uh, sort of uh, knocks it off kilter, and the shuttle is captured. But Spock is not inside Spock's shuttle. Philippa Giorgio is inside Spock's shuttle. Uh, turns out Section 31 was tasked with apprehending Spock as well, and they found his shuttle adrift. Now, it's kind of uncertain as to why she hopped in the shuttle and was leading Discovery on a wild goose chase, but it made for a neat little uh, flip of the script uh, Mm -hmm. there. So she is now on Discovery, uh, and she's going to help them kind of hunt Spock down. Uh, Oh, and as it turns out, uh, it's a small galaxy, always in Star Trek. Uh, Pike knows Georgiou. They know each other from the Academy. Uh, And speaking of It's a Small Galaxy... uh, (laughs) He also knows the captain of the uh Section thirty one starship. Whatever his name is, Leland, I think. Yeah. I yeah. keep I don't know if he has more of a name than that, but Pike knows him too. They kinda go way back. Uh oh, and also Pike is clearly not in on the loop about the whole mirror Giorgio Empress thing. Uh, he still thinks she's the regular old retired Captain Giorgio who is now just an asshole. <laughs> uh, like he's and really where's,
2: and where's leather?
1: Yeah, he's like she seems different, right? <laughs> Man, she's just really taken to retirement. I think is what it is. <laughs> um, so Discovery, uh, so Giorgio goes back to her ship, but Discovery is assigned a new Section Thirty-One liaison. It turns out to be, of course, Ash Tyler uh and uh everyone on discovery is kind of okay with Tyler coming back but uh the new people like security chief Non or Captain Pike eh, they're pretty wary about this guy mm-hmm. uh so uh while all of this is kind of going on uh we go to the it is kind of like the upside down sort of if you watch stranger things but it's the mycelial network uh <laughs> this is where uh, Tilly sort of wakes up and May tells her that she's brought her here to help them uh, defeat this monster that's kind of running rampant through the mycelial network. It's wreaking havoc and causing damage uh, wherever they go. And Tilly, I guess, decides that she's gonna she can't help herself. She's going to help May. There's people in need. So she gives her a nice solid pinky swear and says that they're she's going to do everything she can uh to help them. I kind of always presumed, you know what? I it it took me way longer than it should have to realize what the monster was in this show. I'd always just presumed it was Discovery wreaking the havoc. Mm. Uh but it it was not. Uh meanwhile, back on the Discovery, Stamets uh sort of figured out a way to rescue Tilly uh by sort of half uh like mushroom driving into the <laughs> mycelial network uh it ends up being a really cool visual where they sort of like yeah. half go into it and it looks like the ship is literally sinking in an ocean in mm-hmm. space it's a really neat visual so part of the ship is in the mycelial network while the rest of it is out in uh, regular space and Tilly and May go aboard uh, Discovery, and uh, it is on the ship where they find the monster that is destroying everything. And the monster turns out to be Hugh Colber, who is alive. I mean, uh, kind of, not really. He's not. He's not the original Hugh Colber. I think. Mm-hmm uh mm-hmm. as we learn a little bit later uh the guy who got his neck uh his neck snapped by Vok is still i believe dead with a broken neck but yep. uh as we learn a little bit later uh while Stamets was still kind of in between worlds when he found Hugh uh when he touched him or or kissed him on his cheek somehow Hugh's genetic code or something kind of transferred through Stamets, which then ended up in the mycelial network. And then he was recreated there, but he doesn't belong there. And, uh, the mycelium, every time they touch him, it burns away at his skin. So, uh, he started defending himself essentially. Uh, and, uh, eventually once Hugh kind of snaps out of it, because this man is disheveled. Uh, <laughs> long hair, big bushy beard. does like, like
2: Robin Williams in Jumanji.
1: Yes, <laughs>
2: that's exactly it. He is Robin Williams in Jumanji. <laughs> uh,
1: that's fantastic, and uh, <laughs> he uh, he eventually kind of comes to realize that Stamets and everybody else who's there are really there. It's not fake or what... they're they're real and they're there. And uh, once they finally convince May. Uh, who wants Culber dead, especially because Tilly promised that she'd help kill the monster. uh, Once they kind of all come to this realization of what this is, who this is, and that they can just take him with them and leave, uh, which is just as good as killing it, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. that everything will be kind of a-okay. The real problem comes when uh, they try to pass through the little air pocket they sort of created for themselves uh, in the mycelial network, and uh, Culber cannot pass through it because he is not fully human. They sort of reconstructed him in there. Uh, But uh, they teched some tech, and they figured out some sort of magical way that they could (laughs) rebuild him and send him through the cocoon thingy that they sent Tilly through, Uh, uh, with the help of the Section 31 ship. uh, The Section 31 ship is kind of uh, re-pops up with uh, some ridiculously wild technology and is sort of keeping uh, Discovery from sinking all the way into the mycelial network. I think it's sort of holding them there with tractor beams uh, Mm -hmm. until they're ready to leave. And then, of course, uh, they leave. They transport fully out back into normal space. And uh, the cocoon thingy uh, births not a butterfly, but uh, a naked Hugh Culber. He is back clean-shaven and everything. It's tremendous. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad they went through all of that work. to When they went through the create-a-character mode, they decided to to give him a clean, fresh look.
0: They Uh, went to the post-Terminator transport for him, didn't
1: they? (laughs) They did. (laughs) Uh, So he's back uh safe and sound and uh oh um another thing uh we haven't found Spock yet, but uh this whole thing with the the signals and the red angel uh we get to hear a little bit more about this when Pike after all of this occurs, goes over to the section thirty one ship and uh runs into oh god what's her name the the admiral Como
0: admiral Como
1: Cornwall, mm-hmm. yes.
0: Cornwall, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Um at, at which she uh uh proceeds to tell them well, number one, she starts a what I'm sure will be a meme that we will see throughout the internet forever
2: where she <laughs> utters
1: what well, I'm sure will become the immortal uh, feminist call call line of all time, come on, fellas, cut the manlier than thou bullshit. I've already seen this GIF a hundred times on the internet since then. Yes. Uh, but outside of that, she's talking about how after Discovery left, uh, another science ship kind of came in, uh, something with a little bit uh, better sensors or maybe just a more competent crew knew what they were looking for. Uh, they discovered levels of tachyon radiation, and if you're a fan of Star Trek, you know that tachyons are things that can go back in time. So we could be dealing mm-hmm. with some sort of time travel craziness, everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, Ben, it's been a little bit. What did you think of uh, Saints of Imperfection?
0: I think that when a show tries to clear up sort of perhaps maybe some missteps from a previous season Mm. that can often produce a bad episode. Um, That did not happen here. This show was going back to fix a number of glitches that perhaps weren't, you know, the best uh, elements of season one. Mm -hmm. Um, They... The writers, because of the way TV is written these days, also had to shove things forward a bit here because um, we weren't exactly stalling. But as you said at the start, you know, there'd not been a huge amount going on. Um, So, this episode, as a result of that, and as a result of some fantastic uh, cinematography and some cracking performances, um, without jumping forward too far to the points, this episode is pretty damn flawless. The there are problems from a Star Trek point of view in terms of its science. Uh, the, yeah. the 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 Dr. Colbert um, explanation is <laughs> lacking. I think um, they hurt their...
1: <laughs> I, maybe they pulled some shoulders or something with the stretching they were doing to yeah. try to make this yeah. work.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, uh, but this is what I mean about fixing stuff because, uh, I mean, I think everyone commenting on discovery uh, week by week on you know every kind of fan site and every journalist, all, all reached the same conclusion, which is that when Hugh came back, it wouldn't be um, only in flashbacks, we would get Hugh back, mm. and um, the obvious route would have been uh, Terran version, but obviously we'd done that. So they had to find a different way. That obviously it seems to me was not plan A in terms of getting Hugh back. They had to come up with plan B and this was contrived to say the least a little bit yeah Uh, however it's i think it's a testament to the performances and the strength otherwise of this episode that i kind of didn't care that Mm -hmm. it was that bad that 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 part of it um uh, they they really seem to have given everyone a bit of a tweak so George, we we've we've now seen um Terran Georgiou becoming slightly less Mm -hmm. one-dimensional. No pun intended. But that final scene about, you know, sooner or later, you're going to have to trust me. Um, I mean, obviously, everyone goes, no, don't do it. Uh, But, you know, this idea that has dogged Star Trek for a long time, that the Terrans are always this kind of, I mean, DS9 probably did more damage than anyone else with it, um, that the Terrans are this kind of, ultra sinister pantomime villain version of uh of regular universe um humans has been it has been a problem and so this idea that we're now beginning to see a nuanced terran um in Georgiou I I really like mm-hmm. and she still harbors the bitterness to, towards Burnham she still clearly is is angry that she ain't what she used to be um but she's thrown herself into the uh, questionable uh, world of Section Thirty One. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of Star Trek fans will have problems with the the evolution of Section Thirty One that we're seeing here, because of course, if you plot it through the timeline, um, you know it's it's completely off the books, and now it seems to be on the books for the purposes of um, while well, it's taking its orders from an admiral in Starfleet, um, and we know it disappears off the books again. I presume the Section Thirty One series will talk us through how. It goes from being, you know, quasi legitimate at the moment to being back into full on uh, black ops. But mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. Um, I, I really struggled. I mean, normally things like the sinking ship and space gravity—oh, it's falling into this thing in a non-gravity environment—all mm-hmm. um, that sort of stuff would great on me if there wasn't so much else going on around it. And in this episode, I didn't care about the bad science because it felt and I know it's become something of a kind of cliche now when talking about Discovery as to how Trek it feels on a week by week basis but this episode felt more Trek than anything so far Um, and it had a bit of everything I bloody loved it
1: Oh, okay, so Aurora, your thoughts Mm -hmm. on Saints of Imperfection
2: Um, I don't think I liked it as much as Ben. (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> but i did like it more than the previous episode
1: yeah the the last couple of episodes were yeah were pretty slow um
2: i i went back a lot in this episode and i I think the title should be wait what what's happening now that, that's <laughs> that was my my reaction the whole time i i, I think i went back like three times
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and you know, it was just my own fault trying to make sense of everything. Yes. <laughs> and I went back and I saw it again, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how they did this. I, I guess, I guess, I'll accept it. Yes, <laughs> it's fine." <laughs> um, but you know, I there were some good moments. I liked the whole you know half warp thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really cool. Um, I liked the idea that uh, the monster was not a monster. Yes, uh, but at the same time, I kind of i i, I was kind of expecting a monster. I, I thought it you know was going to
1: be like the tardigrade or something. Yeah, or I thought something. it was going
2: to be like a huge monster, like an amazing CGI monster, and I was ready for it. And then, you know, I was presently surprised when it was Hugh. But you got little uh,
1: homeless Hugh instead.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were no Klingons. That's a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it's it was better than the previous episodes. I was kind of like being a little, I, I, I mean, I'm a little pessimistic now with this show, just because of the previous two episodes, but this one gave me a little bit more hope mm. that we're picking it up again. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, I was, uh, there were a, a lot of moments where I was like, what? Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, with Ben a little bit, I think uh, that I don't really mind the ultra-convoluted nature of how Mm -hmm. they get Hugh back.
2: I mean, it is very Star Trek, that's true.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I like it a lot better than they've discovered yet another cure for death and they just reanimate his body. Uh, (laughs) They did go out of their way to find, like, a loophole. Mm
2: -hmm. Even
1: though it's a... You know, like, he just... I went way out of their way to find a loophole. (laughs) I mean, like, he just kissed him and somehow that transferred all of his not just as genetics, but apparently is memories and everything like and everything, yeah. transferred. Like I, you know, it's one of those things. The mycelial network is, we just don't know how it works so it can do any and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because it is not fully explained, which, uh, I'm, I know. And sometimes in science fiction, you need to have those things cause you're telling really fantastical stories at times. So, uh, I'm willing to go with the flow on this one. It is a little... A little a lot convoluted. But... uh, I was expecting him back on the show. He needs to be back on the show. uh, Uh, Because those two are fantastic characters. That have great chemistry. But... uh, Yeah, I guess I'm just happy they didn't do the old... You know, let's put some Borg nanoprobes into him. And voila, he's not dead anymore. Uh, Mm. Which has happened... I believe in an episode of Star Trek Voyager, for example, uh, where there's a lot of things in the Star Trek universe that can cure death, uh, uh, like Khan's blood or, <laughs> you know, <what> <laughs> uh, being shot down uh, in a coffin tube onto a planet that's regenerating. Uh, so
0: Someone emptying that transporter buffer.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, so Culber has joined the exclusive club of people in Star Trek that have been brought back from the dead, which is now... Uh, not a small club as it used to be. It's but, a
0: way big club now. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, but I'm glad he's back. So there is that. Uh, the weirdest thing about this whole episode to me is uh, how Section Thirty-One is treated. It's mm. really strange. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's in Enterprise as and because obviously Enterprise came after DS Nine. It's really introduced in. DS9 as this very underground, nobody in Starfleet even really knows about it anymore uh, organization that only, presumably only reports to like the tippity tippity top of Starfleet and anyone not in that small circle knows nothing about it. Uh, and it was also talked about in Enterprise where it seemed to be a similar type group in that show. Uh, it seemed to be very underground. Here, uh, Cornwall describes Section Thirty-One as a critical intelligence division. Uh, they have their own ship, for example, with technology we don't even see in the twenty-fourth century. Like they can, well, actually, you know that's not true. They, didn't they do something sort of similar in um, Enterprise? There was the uh, there were like these uh, Romulan ships that were mm. unmanned. Yeah. That had uh uh like holographic technology that could make them appear as other things, yeah yeah, uh but yeah. no ships actually past enterprise ever showed that ability, I don't think uh which is a little weird, but continuity wise i suppose it could make sense that section thirty one reverse engineered one of these things and has that technology for their ship, but
0: well, we know that section thirty one has a temporal element to it as well,
1: yeah, they also have the comm badge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. was weird because Pike's like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, just wait like a uh, hundred years. Everyone will have I in 100 years I loved that. I loved that. Yeah. So there's, uh, according to Alex Kurtzman, gave a very Alex Kurtzman-y answer about Section 31 in the show this season, saying, if you know Section 31, you know that by the time Deep Space Nine comes around that they've gone underground and they are this mysterious organization uh, and there seems to be nothing official about it. Uh, in the promos for Season 2 that everyone has seen so far, Section 31 has a badge, they have a ship, all of these different things. So the question is, how do they get from here to there? What happened in the window of time between these two pivot points in Section 31's evolution? I doubt he'll ever have to answer that. Uh,
0: so he can just oh, bring I, them here think, and then ask the nah, question. I think the Section 31 season uh, series rather will, will answer that.
1: I mean, perhaps if that, if that ends up, if they do end up making it and they will, they, uh, well, maybe, especially if it like Giorgio uh, that, that character, uh, she's is the principal still a character to
0: according to all of the yes. information. She, she's speaking quite publicly about the fact that she's doing it. So,
1: ah, so there we go. Uh, and they have teased it a little bit like the captain Le- Leland, right? Mm-hmm. That's his name. We've <laughs> confirmed yes, this really. already. <laughs> uh, something was referenced to like some botched job that he did where he killed like the wrong ambassador or something like that. I don't know. Uh, they referred to that. So they are up to, uh, less than Starfleet, uh, moralistic, uh, missions and stuff. Even at this point, uh, they're just not underground. So, uh, you're right. Perhaps, uh, perhaps they will get around to that. So it is interesting to see how they're playing with it, uh, here. Uh, Otherwise, I like the episode. I feel like this season as a whole has done more star trekky uh episodes even oh, yeah. even the last couple of episodes that weren't that great had a lot of original series elements to it, like the big planet organism thing that we don't know what it is is it is it bad or is it good uh there's like a lot of those t o s style conundrums and stuff, and they've been doing a lot of that um this season. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say for the most part that I really enjoyed this episode and it's certainly better than uh, the last couple. Oh yeah, for sure. I do believe that the next episode I think is a mid season break because Mm -hmm. there is nothing listed after episode six. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that they're going to take a break, but none of the post episode like in the post episode trailer for the next week's episode nowhere in there do they indicate that the show's like taking a break no maybe after that episode they'll be like coming back in april or may or however long the break is Mm -hmm. i don't remember how long it was last time so uh we shall see
2: Mm
1: -hmm. but i do believe that it is a that they're going to be taking a break. So I would expect Spock to show up in this episode, finally. It's only been six episodes, (laughs) only halfway through the season. He's all over the promotional material, and uh, so far we've only heard the name. Uh, And they are doing a ridiculous amount of teasing, like that Mm -hmm. Mm Giorgio and the shuttle thing, which still boggles my mind. I have no idea why that happened. (laughs) I guess just to make people think, oh, we're going to get Spock. Oh, we didn't get Spock. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, but... Yeah. Uh, I have
2: to say that I did like uh, Captain Pike in this episode because every single time something happened, he was like... He was like me. He was like, what? <laughs> oh, you were... Yeah, he was like... <laughs> he, he was, was like,
1: with us, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was the audience in this episode.
2: He was the audience. That There was a, a point where, you know, they said that they found Covert in the... Miss- and that whatever yeah. and he's like what and Bernard has to be like you know remember he was a critical officer
1: <laughs> he's like no i wasn't here for th- any of this that was last season guys
2: i have my own <laughs> ship
1: remember you may have heard of it it's yeah. the enterprise only a bunch of shows on television yeah. made about it only a, a bunch of I ships named we're after it what kind of a big deal yeah
2: yeah, 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 I, I just love you... his face. Every time something weird happens, he has this face. It's like, okay, I guess we're going with this. It's fine. We're the I'll ship go that I I go along with you guys. It's fine. We're the
1: ship that made retro styling cool again in the Federation. Does nobody remember this? <laughs> Look at our colorful uniforms, everyone. I had uh, a smeg fridge in my ready room. I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was kind of like that this whole episode. Yeah.
2: So he went along with it, you know.
1: But oh he, yeah, he rolled. He rolled, like he rolled with the stick- punches. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he's awesome. Uh, okay. I kind of wish he. I mean, I know he can't, because you know it doesn't make sense for him to stick around.
2: Mm. But
1: I really like him. Uh, yeah, he's good as a captain for the ship. But he can be around for a little while longer. I think on the. Yeah, while they're fixing up Enterprise, while they're busy reinstalling the the jelly bean buttons and <laughs> the the '60s future like seating, uh, all that stuff, they're mm-hmm, putting mm-hmm. in a lot of extra lights,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: doing doing all of that, replacing all of the food with uh, squares of orange and green, and getting rid of all of the touchscreens and giving them you know, floppy disks instead for all of their data. CRT monsters and then
0: massive isolinear crystals that are the size of a yeah. shoebox. Gotta make yeah.
1: the, gotta make those upgrades uh, yeah. to the Enterprise. So it's gonna be out for it is out of action for a little bit anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm kinda hoping like he like that's the end of the season where he comes aboard the Enterprise and it just looks like TOS Enterprise and he's like, you guys went way overboard. Yeah. He's like, I said retro, but I think you guys took it a bit too far.
2: That'll be amazing, actually.
1: But, like, we know how you hate all this modern technology. <laughs> uh, so we just rolled it back. Like, okay, you guys rolled it back a little too far. But there's no change in it now, I guess. Here we go. We're off.
2: Um,
1: that would be awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I mean,
1: I mean, look, Spock's shuttle design looked a lot like the TOS shuttles, just discovery yeah yeah it did um yeah. it had lights on it and stuff, but it, the actual shape of it was pretty similar to those old t o s shuttles so I don't know we'll see uh maybe that's, maybe that's what'll happen uh but maybe not <laughs> well maybe <laughs> they'll you know what you know what they'll do Ben we saw um gosh what was the the short uh the the Trek short that was set like a thousand years into the future
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. where they
1: kind of put them, they kind of make the movie like holographic mm-hmm. uh, on the bridge. And uh, you know, maybe that's what will become Canon is that that's not <laughs> really what the enterprise bridge looks like. It's just a holographic simulation because uh, Pike doesn't like the new design. So he makes it look like <laughs> the TOS bridge from the 60s show. And then it becomes canon that the enterprise doesn't really look like that. It's just got hollow emitters everywhere to make it look like that. <laughs> canon, everyone. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, before we go, uh, before we give our reviews or our scores for the, uh, the episode this week, let's thank the sponsors, Adam tickets, geekly.com slash Adam tickets, uh, or click the Adam tickets link at the top of the page. To pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, Ben, uh, what would you give? Saints of Imperfection.
0: I've, I've calmed down a bit from my original uh, decision on it. I'm, I'm still going to give it a four and a half, which uh, it surprises me too. But that's what it's
1: that's what it is. Tonight. All right, Aurora, what would you give it?
2: Um, I'm going to give it a three
1: and a half. Oh wow! So you're like a whole point down. <laughs> Okay, well, let's meet in the middle again. I gave this episode a four. There you uh, go. a good episode a nice rebound episode. Uh, it's good to have Culber back. Uh, it's good to be seemingly done with this mycelial stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Rapp has assured people that mm-hmm. this whole ordeal with Culber is not going to go without lasting consequences. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with their relationship and their characters. Mm. Um, Or if this whole remastered Culber uh, is in any way different than the original. Maybe even over time. It'll be interesting to see if anything like that happens. Uh, But it seems like we're back on track. They're looking for Spock. Uh, We learned something new about the whole uh, Seven Signals thing. So Mm -hmm. at the very least... Uh, it feels like the show is finally moving forward again. Yeah. Only to stop, it seems, for a break after this next episode. (laughs) Uh, So, crap. Uh, All right. So, while you're hanging out at the website, uh, do yourself a favor. Check out the archives of the show. Uh, And, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Just search for I'm a Doctor, not a podcast. Hit subscribe, and uh, that way you can come back and hear us talk about Star Trek Discovery Season 2 Episode six called The Sounds of Thunder.